Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. You have fed them with the bread of tears and have given them tears to drink in full measure. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brad's going to read our first two readings for us this morning. Thank you. Pardon me, I'm getting my glasses. Okay. Uh, the uh, Old Testament reading. Okay. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 to 9. Oh, that you, you would rend the heaven and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When, did you, when you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God beside you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry, and we sinned. In our sins we have been long a time, and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We, all, we are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember, not in equity forever. Behold, please look. We are all your people. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I, gave, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, Christ, in Christ Jesus, that in every way you are enriched in him in all speech, 
and all knowledge. Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will, be sustain, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. From Mark's gospel in the 11th chapter. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to him, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let him go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of our Lord. Maybe seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this morning where you bring us into your presence, where you give of us your word, where you give to us your gifts. And we pray you would move by your spirit. May you remove distractions from our hearts and minds and let us rest in the promises that you give us in Christ. In his name, amen. There's times in life which I'm sure you have uh, felt something similar to I have felt where there's scenarios and things going on around you that you just wish God would show up and take care of them, Right? Sometimes that could be things that are internal. There might even be things that are going on in the family or the household. But sometimes we just want God to show up and take care of all of the nasty things going on outside out there. All the things that are breaking apart the world. All the things that are separating people from God. All the things that are absolutely ugly and violent and nasty in the world. Call upon God. God, show up. Do something about all, all them. Do something about all that stuff out there, right? Do something about all the things that are going wrong out there. That's where the Israelites were at when Isaiah, the prophet, was showing up. King David had already had his run. Isaiah comes into Judah, which is the northern kingdom area, and that's mostly where he was focused. We had a bunch of kings after King David that were all slowly degrading and going downhill and making alliances with other nations and other places. And all of a sudden, these other words started to come in from God saying, look, Israelites, you're going to end up going down the wrong path. In fact, you are going down the wrong path. And we're going to bring in some other folks like the Assyrians or the Babylonians, and you're going to see God's judgment coming through these people. And so Isaiah starts to speak into that. He starts to let the folks know this is coming. 
This judgment is coming. These people are coming out there and you hear his words at the very beginning of this tail end of his prophecy where it's in the middle of a prayer that he's giving on behalf of the people reaching out to God and saying, God, rend the heavens and come down and deal with the people who are attacking us. Deal with the evil people out there. Deal with the Assyrians. Deal with the Babylonians. Deal with all those folks that are causing trouble. Rend the heavens and show up because when you show up, the mountains shake, the woods burn, water boils, all these kind of things, just like you did at Mount Sinai and you showed up and everybody knew your presence. Show up and take care of all the people out there. Ever had those feelings every now and then? It's actually kind of a scary thought. Because for God to show up and deal with unholy things, we have to pretty much take an honest look at ourselves at times too and realize that he'd have to deal with us in the same way. You see, what Isaiah is asking him to do and what this prayer is that's going up is to show up and take care of all of the things outside of God's people, all of the things out there, all of the world, all of the stuff that is unholy and broken and sinful. And right in the middle of this prayer, you see a a little switch turn and Isaiah says, whoa, hold on a minute. Um, Maybe don't come down just yet, God. (laughs) Because if you run the heavens and come down and all this stuff happens, you're also going to have to tend with me and I don't know if that's going to be a good thing see because if God showed up in the middle of Israel's sin and in the middle of all those things they would then see his judgment firsthand and he's starting to realize maybe they weren't quite ready for that you've probably felt that way before too wondering well if you show up God how are you going to deal with me How are you going to deal with my sins? How are you going to deal with my things that separate me from you? How are you going to take care of me in the middle of this situation? If you show up in judgment to deal with unholy things, and I'm starting to realize that just as much as we have enemies out there, that you've got an enemy right here in my heart. Maybe I don't want you to show up just yet. Maybe you could wait just a little bit longer. That's what Isaiah is starting to work through for the people ever felt that that inward kind of pull of just all the things that lift up in front of you and you start to see all the reasons why god shouldn't love you they're hard to look at i mean isaiah is saying this stuff a couple hundred years before the people are even going to see the babylonians come in and take them off into exile there's a couple hundred years that are going to go by so you can imagine the people saying what are you talking about isaiah life is fine we're doing all right but as those days and years would go on they would start to remember these words of judgment coming in and as the days and years of our life go on sometimes we start to see more and more of these things that you know we think God has done something about but then we start to wonder at times if you were to rend the heavens and come down would we be saved because that's Isaiah's question it says if you come down would should we be saved 
I mean, I know I'm asking you, God, to come down and take care of all the Assyrians and all the people out there, but if you were to come down and take care of all of the broken culture outside of us and all the things that attack the church and all the things that are out there, would, would we be saved? Or would we be lumped into the middle of all of that? And that's a hard question to deal with. And there's lots of folks, even within the church, that wonder about that question. And they're not exactly certain sometimes, because to call upon the Lord to come down from the heavens into the midst of a broken creation is to call upon something holy to come into the midst of unholy things. And that doesn't ever go well. It's not normally. I remember even in Exodus, when God came down on Mount Sinai, what did he tell all the people? Don't touch the mountain, right? He said, don't touch the mountain, otherwise you're going to have to be put to death. And then you had holy things in the middle of the Ark of the Covenant, and he said, don't touch the Ark, otherwise you're going to die. Don't call upon God for judgment, because that judgment comes. Sometimes we can get a bit judgmental, right? call down God's wrath upon something somewhere and start to decide what's going to be best if God would just do something about it and forget about the fact that we might be lumped right into the same group in our sin. It's a tough thing to look at when all of a sudden that mirror gets placed in between us and whatever we see out there and we start to see that same brokenness within ourselves. And it's a hard thing to look at. And we can hear Isaiah's words in the exact same way and just look and say, hey, shall, shall we be saved? See, in the middle of that wondering, in the middle of calling God to rend the heavens and come down, in the middle of Him to deal with all the unholy things, here we sit at the beginning of Advent, knowing the whole story. We know that He did rend the heavens. And come down. He did absolutely separate the heavens and show his presence in the middle of the earth, but it happened in a little bit of a different way than what Isaiah was thinking. See, he rent the heavens and came down and did not bring judgment, though. He rent the heavens and came down for you. He came down as the Father that Isaiah knew Him to be. He came down as the Son of the Father with the love of the Father. As we remember John's Gospel, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever should believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. For He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the whole world might be saved through Him. God absolutely tore the heavens apart. For Jesus to come down. He absolutely split the skies. And on that day when heaven was seen and the angels were singing and that little baby was there in the manger, that first Advent season of the entirety of the history of Israel, they saw the arrival of the King. They saw the arrival of the Savior. They saw the arrival of the Son, the one who would show the love of the Father, who would tear the heavens and show up and not bring judgment, but would bear judgment for you. So when the day would come that he would go to the cross, you would see the heavens torn apart once again. Torn apart in a black sky, 
torn apart where the sun would go dark, torn apart in a way to where everything felt like it was absolutely breaking apart as the wrath and judgment of God laid upon His Son so that we would know that we would be saved. We don't have to wonder like Isaiah did, shall we be saved? No, in Christ you are saved. It's not a wonder. It's not a what if. It's not a wish. It's a certainty. He did bear God's wrath for you. He did carry your sins into the tomb to bury them. He did rend the heavens and carry the wrath of God so that you would not have to. So that the next time that those heavens are torn apart and God shows up in glory in Christ, He will stand there in all the glory of the heavens and say, Come here, child. Don't be afraid. Come sit with me. Come spend time with me. Come into the kingdom that was prepared for you. Come into the places where you see God's glory and peace and love and hope and something where you don't have to wait for an arrival anymore, but you get to sit in the comfort of knowing that God continues to love you into eternity, that he continues to breathe life into you into eternity, and that you don't have to wonder about whether or not you would be separated from him or not. And that's what days like today are for, so that you would know God's love for you. So you would hear his word proclaimed into your ears again that you are loved and forgiven, that you are his child, that you don't have to wonder if you'd be saved. If that wonder ever creeps into your heart, that wonder ever creeps into your ear, call me, talk to me. Let's go sit together and talk about it. God does love you. As strong as the words of Isaiah when he said, Father, please, Don't look on iniquity forever. We're your people. You've made us your people. You've made us your people. We're the the clay, Father. You created us. You brought us into being. You brought us into life. And so please don't come down and fire upon us because that would absolutely obliterate everything. But as broken as we are, would you reshape us? Because we know your hands can do that, Father. We know that your hands can take a heart of stone, something that does not desire your will or do anything that you would want us to do and make it into a heart of flesh beating for you, Lord, and for the people around us so that we would not want to call down judgment upon everybody else, but that you would work through us so that folks would know of your goodness, know of your mercy, know of your love, know of your forgiveness for us in Christ. For God is the creator and the maker. That that whole image of dealing with mud and reshaping it, let that take your mind all the way back to the Garden of Eden where God's hands went down into the dirt of his own creation with the waters flowing around into the mud that was there to form Adam up as his own. To say, you're the one that I want to live the rest of eternity with. You're the one that I want in my presence. You're the one that I'm going to continue to work through to take care of the creation around. You're the one that's here and I'm going to bring another right alongside you. See, a lot of times in our sin, that pliable mud gets turned into something hard and cracking and broken. But God reshapes us. Continues to work by His Spirit continues to flow through his people and through his church so that our eyes would not see the world around us in judgment, but our eyes would see the world around us with love 
and mercy and care, not calling God's judgment down upon them, but wanting to hand over the forgiveness that he's given us in Jesus because that certainty is so sure and certain in Christ that we can hand it away as a free gift, knowing exactly who we are before the Father, knowing exactly who he has made us to be as his children, not wondering whether or not he's going to love us, but knowing for absolute certainty that he loves us. Isaiah kept looking forward, having this word of God, knowing that somewhere down the line a Messiah was going to come. You don't have to look forward to a Messiah. You can look back at the Messiah who has already come, who has already raised for you, who has already forgiven you, who has already died and now lives for you, who is already at the right hand of the Father, continuing to be your advocate, continuing to hear your prayers, continuing to be the one that God sees us through as the Father sees us through the lens of the Son and calls us his own children. We look forward to his arrival once again. Man, that'll be a glorious day. And until that day, you know, it's okay if he takes a while. Because then you get to tell more and more people about his love for them, about his grace for them in Christ. Because some people have no idea the comfort and the hope and the peace that that brings. I mean, the, the past two weeks, I think there's been five deaths, whether it's family or church or other instances that we've been walking through. And every single one of them has been unique and the ones where the foundation of forgiveness in Christ is there and known is such a beautiful foundation for our loved one and then also for all the ones that remain. So I pray you have opportunity to speak that word into someone's ears. I pray you have that opportunity to invite them into that relationship together formed by grace and mercy by the Father's hands as he's the potter and continues to work for the good of his creation so that they would know of his love for them in the coming Christ. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you continue to give us the courage and the strength as you shape us as your mouthpieces in the world, that we would not want to call judgment down upon everything, but know that the things that are against your will are things that you will judge and take care of, that you will set right, and Lord, as people trust in you, that you also bring forgiveness and mercy, as you are both the just and the justifier of all things. We pray that you would continue to speak your word loud and clear in our ears and give us mouths that would shout that same word so that more and more would know of your forgiveness for us in Jesus. And in this time of Advent, as we look at the time that Jesus came, we look forward to the time that he comes again, knowing that you have made us yours in him. And in his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to